As Kevin said, my name is Riley Hambrick, and I have been um, interning here since June, I believe. Uh, but Lakeview has been at my church home since 2016. Um, and so, so yeah, so it is, is a privilege to, to serve as an intern here. And just a little little backstory uh, for, for, I guess, since my freshman year, I've been kind of like weighing the decision of, of uh, should I go to seminary, should I not? Um, and anyway, when I graduated December 2019, I, I spent some time in, in D.C. and uh, and then uh, had an opportunity to come back here and, and do grad school. Uh, and, and in so doing, I uh, just approached Kevin and asked him if I could come along uh, uh, Lakeview and, and, and serve uh, the college ministry a little bit more. So anyway, uh, thankfully, I, I do know most of you, but if I haven't gotten the privilege of, of meeting you yet, I I certainly love to do so. Uh, I basically live in every coffee shop here at Auburn, um, and I do love Bojangles, so we can grab coffee or lunch or something. Um, but anyway, so tonight, as in keeping with the series of, of uh, this, this sermon series, uh, this lesson's focus will we'll continue on with a the theme of creation. Uh, tonight, specifically, will be on creation's praise. And really what I mean by this uh, is, is uh, how nature's beauty uh, is, is actually pointing to a creator, right? So everything that we see is literally testifying of, of God's existence. Um, so, so the teaching uh, uh, tonight is titled, So Too Will I. Um, the main passage that we'll be in is Psalm 19, if you'd like to go ahead and flip there now. Um, and in preparing for, for this teaching, I was, I was thinking and, and praying through ways of like how I could make the idea of like creation's praise uh, applicable, um, and and so um, after after about um, after about a day or so, uh, I finally kind of arrived at at a conclusion that I wanted to talk on anxiety. Uh, that, that's kind of the direction I felt that the Lord was leading me in, and and um, it's something that I um, have struggled with a lot in the past. And, and guys, I, I will um, I will just go ahead and, and confess to you all that really for the past um, 10 to 11 months, um, my heart has just been uh, really deeply burdened. Um, frequently, I've, I've found myself just kind of sitting uh, in my room in just like frustration or, or, um, or just like broken over all that has happened over the past year. Um, and and I, I, I apologize for mentioning here because you hear it everywhere, but like Literally, like for, for almost a year now, our, our world has been brought to its knees by, by this coronavirus pandemic. Um, and, um, and, and so I, I, don't, I don't know if any of you have really had the opportunity to just kind of like sit back and, and reflect on, on all that's happened. Um, but, but like so much has happened over this past year. Uh, and, and, and really like it has happened uh, all at once. And, and there were several times where I was just overwhelmed and, and frequently found myself praying like uh, Psalm 25 uh, where it reads um, verse 18 uh, turn to me and be gracious to me for I am lonely and afflicted the troubles of my heart are enlarged bring me out of out of my distresses um, and, and so so personally I'll just go ahead and share that I, that this pandemic has has really affected uh, me in several ways. Uh, my, my mom lost her job. Uh, I've known people who have contracted this virus and, and have passed away from it. I've known people who have literally been like locked inside their house since last March. Um, and, and, and like my, um, my grandfather has kidney failure right now and, and like I, I cannot be with him. I cannot go visit with him, but 
um, all that I really want right now is to just like go and sit and like listen to him, you know, tell the stories of his life. Um, but but I can't. Um, and and so like this, uh, and, and not to mention like all that has been happening, uh, like all the political unrest that we've witnessed, uh, and in the mix of of all of this, like cities have burned. Riots and protests seem to be a daily occurrence. There is one death after another, one injustice after another. Um, our politically sacred institutions have been shaken and, and our democracy is trembling. Um, but what is even more unfortunate is, is that my experience over the past few months um, is relatively insignificant uh, compared to the stories that I've heard from some of you. Um, and, and so, like, like it, it, it is enough to, to read the news or to scroll through social media um, and, and see a country in turmoil or to see people's lives being shattered, but let alone, like, remembering all that we have going on in our own personal lives. Um, and, and, and so, like I, I, like, I cannot imagine being in some of your shoes right now. You know, like, like for, for you freshmen, like, freshman year is hard enough as it is, um, but... but um, but now, like, you have to do freshman year in a coronavirus world, and, um, and I applaud the way that all of you have really adapted to that. It has been so encouraging for me to see. Um, but, but anyway, like, all this to say is that, like, every person has been forced to kind of reconcile and, and face the issues like death and, and depression, or there's been people who have been struggling with addictions who have, uh, who have, uh, who were making like leaps and bounds and attempting to overcome it only to fall back into it because of the isolation that we, that we faced earlier last year. Um, and, and so in knowing this, I, I imagine that, that you are anxious and, and that is totally understandable. Um, and, and in all of this, it seems as though our eyes have really been focused on all that is changing around us rather than on the one who, who will not nor will ever change. Um, and, and so, so I want tonight's focus to be on anxiety. Uh, this is something that, like I said earlier, I, I used to be really, really paralyzed by. I struggled a lot with my freshman and sophomore year. Um, and, but I also saw the Lord's mercy in, in kind of like bringing me out of that and, and delivering me from this. But, but I also know myself well enough to, to admit that this is something that I still struggle with from time to time. And, and I know that from speaking with some of you that this is a widespread issue, you know, and um, and, and this is a struggle that we all have, whether we want to acknowledge his presence in our own lives or not. And so, um, so we'll just go ahead and begin. Uh, and as I'm sure you've probably guessed, the, the title, So Too Will I, is kind of somewhat inspired by the, the well-known song by, by Hillsong, um, So Will I. And, and though I will uh, say that I have some hesitations and uh, agree that this probably isn't something that should be sung in like a corporate worship setting, um, I, I just, I, I can't help but like reflect on the imagery that it kind of invokes in, in the first few lines. Uh, it, it reads like this, if you're unfamiliar. It says, God of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time, with no point of reference, you spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of light. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planets form. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. I can see your heart in everything that you've made. So if the stars were made to worship, so too will I. If you found your place in Psalm 19, we'll just go ahead and, and look at it now. Um, and and we'll, we'll read the passage that inspired this song. It might possibly be one of the most beautiful uh, chapters in this book. Um, 
and we'll, we'll seek to connect how creation's praise uh, can, can quiet our present anxieties. Starting in verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaim his handiwork. Day to day pour out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a sun for the uh, he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the ends of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Verse say the precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart, the commandments of the Lord is uh, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Much to be desired are they than gold, even much more than fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant from, from presumptuous sins and let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Um, Father God, um, just very simply, I... My prayer tonight is that, that we might know you um, and that, that, the, that the truth that has been revealed to me in, in my studies over the past few weeks um, will, will also be revealed through me with, a, with the same emotion that, that warmed my heart and gave me solace as a restless sinner. So Father God, I, I pray for, for hearts to be softened. Um, I pray for minds to be open, for eyes to be, uh, for eyes to be seeing. Um, and. Uh, and trusting that you are, in fact, a, a good God. Um, Father, I, I pray that we can just turn to you uh, as, as we seek uh, to, to study this, this chapter. Uh, we love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, so, uh, so a few chapters earlier, Psalm 14 uh, sheds light. You don't have to flip there. Uh, but anyway, it sheds light on it and kind of affirms the understanding that the world as it is right now is not as it should be. Uh, so... Uh, Verses 2 and 3 read, The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, any who seek after him. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. And so like in, in, in kind of reading this, we're like, of course. Like it, it does not take much observation to see that, that this is true, you know, that there's corruption uh, uh, surrounding us. You flip the news on for 10 minutes and you can see that. But... Anyway, so like while reading and studying Psalm 19, um, immediately there's a realized comfort in seeing, um, in, in seeing uh, the lasting beauties of an immutable and eternally holy God. So, so with creation's praise, the focus will be an attempt to connect this with the subject of anxiety. My intention is to kind of break this up into three points. Uh, so we'll start with the first point, verses 1 through 6, and then in a moment we'll come back and, and look at uh, the, other, the other two. So, first point for tonight, know the Lord's purpose in creation. 
know the Lord's purpose in creation, verses 1 through 6. Um, so right from the start of the chapter, we see David really capturing the awe of the world around us, right? Like, and, and in so doing, he, he speaks of creation in such a way that points to a really significant revelation. Uh, and so in the first few verses, we see that, that creation is personified. It is, it is doing something. Uh, and so, so we'll, we'll look at the first few verses again, uh, verses, one through, um, verses 1 through 4. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes throughout all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. Um, so like the heavens are declaring God's glory, and they are proclaiming the work of his hands. Their speech is never-ending, and it is all-encompassing as it, as it conveys a, a very profound knowledge. Uh, so, so what's happening exactly? It, like, it, it is clear that, that David is doing more than just writing about creation, right? Like, uh, like, like he, he sees something great in this. And so the point is, is that David has become aware of the Lord's revelation uh, of, of himself, through creation. So for the reader, David intends for us to see and to join in his observation to see that, um, that there is an, indeed a, a creator of this creation. Um, and, and so as, as creation is declaring and proclaiming and speaking, it is all pointing to the, to the wonderful truth that they were created, right? And, and, and not by some magical boom in space, but rather they were carefully crafted and are indeed, verse 1, the very handiwork of God himself. Um, so, if you will, we'll, we'll see how this connects to us. Uh, if you don't mind flipping to Matthew 6, 25, uh, verses, uh, Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34, for just a moment. Um, so, starting in verse 25, it reads, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Pay attention right here. Are you not of more value than they? Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his life uh, to, his, to his span of life. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed, uh, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which, is, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first, verse 34, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And so... So, like, if you want to flip back to, verse, uh, to chapter 19, Psalm 19, like, the connection here is, is really, like, is just, is, it's just, like, 
beautiful. And, and so it, it is almost as if, to the believer and to the unbeliever alike, it, it is as if David is saying, cast your eyes heavenward. It's like, beloved, like cast your eyes heavenward and look to the skies to see that the one who orchestrated this, this work of art is also the same one that created you. And as God has knitted and crafted together mere atoms uh, and has turned them into what we look at, uh, what we look upon in awe and majesty, he has done the same with you. And he declares that we are more valuable than all of this. Um, so here's, here's where it starts to connect to, to anxieties. Um, for those of you who are, who are currently in the midst of, of this great battle, the message is, is this. That, that though you may be sitting here and you feel as if your mind is waging war with itself and is leading to a constant cycle of, of overanalyzing, of comparison, of self-consciousness, or if you found that you are being played by the question of why am I not blank enough? Why am I not good enough? Why am I not cool enough? Why am I not funny enough? or strong enough, or spiritual enough, or pretty enough, or smart enough? Why am I not enough? You can fill in the blank, uh, whatever it is. Sit and consider this, that as God has chiseled and formed the tallest mountains, and as he has carved out the deepest canyons, and as he has brought forth the warmth of its sun and its precious glowing lights, and as he is holding back the, spaces of force, uh, the, space, uh, the forces of space and setting into motion the rhythms of nature, we see that every fine detail was formed with, great, uh, with care so great that no man could even come close to, do, to, to copying it, to reproducing it. And yet he says to us, we are of more value than even this. Our Father has nourished both the birds of the sky and the lilies of the field. He supplies them with abundance of nutrients. And to you, he says, you are more to me than this. Creation is roaring with praise and begging you to turn your eyes heavenward and to find your peace, to turn your eyes heavenward and to see your hope. We have a Father who is, who is jealous for our affection. So, so I, I, I pray that you would seek him. And, and here's the other thing too. Like, like I, know, I know that there are some of you who like, when, when you're kind of feeling down or whatever, you'll like get in the car and like drive through the countryside or something or, or some of you will go to the top of the stadium parking deck and, and uh, you'll just like, you'll just kind of sit and, and watch the sunset and you're like, oh man, like God is so good to allow me the privilege of, of marveling at, at, at his creation and for a moment you might take comfort in knowing uh, that, that his presence is all around. Like we, like we can see that in, in the setting sun and we're like, this is good. Right? But like at the end of the day, is this enough for you? Is this enough to, to, to quiet your anxieties? You know, like, um, like sitting in observation as the, as the setting sun kind of ducks behind the horizon is a merciful distraction, but, but it is not enough to truly bring you to an inner peace. Right? So like, so like we need something more than just, than just a, a, a pretty sky. Um, and if you've ever... If you've ever read Psalm 19 before, you, kinda, you, you might notice that like around verse 7, there's kind of like this weird split, and you're like, oh, this is kind of weird. Like, why, why is this here? You know, uh, like, what does this mean? Because it's going from like, 
ah, the heavens are so pretty to like the law of the Lord is good, you know. Um, and, and so like, why is this here? What does this mean? Um, but, but like what David has done is, is it is intentional and it's brilliant. Um, and, uh, and so with that being said, we'll, we'll look now at our second point. Cherish the Lord's perfect law. Cherish the Lord's perfect law. And we'll look at verses 7 through 11. So, so why, this, why this shift is so thoughtful is because though creation may bear witness of the Lord, it in itself is insufficient to foster sustaining depth of knowledge of our creator, of our, of our God. Uh, and, and so as, as James Boyce, uh, a theologian, uh, as he points out, much like verses six, uh, verse 6 description of the sun, uh, where it says nothing is, is hidden from its heat, uh, the, the line links the witness of the physical creation to the witness of the word. For the scriptures are likewise penetrating, warming, and life-giving, while also searching, testifying, uh, testing, and purifying. And so David leaves us with, with no excuse to deny the existence of a divine being. And in the first, uh, in the first six verses, but then he, he falls this up with like a push to seek scripture. You know, like, uh, like this is, he is he's pushing us to seek scripture as our ultimate source of, of understanding our God. Uh, and so he's saying that, that though the heavens declaration helps, all we really need is, is this book. You know, and so, uh, so if, you, if you want to look, verse 7, like he says that the, that the word is perfect and it is reviving for the soul. On down a little bit, he said it is credible and suited for every problem, and that from it we may grow in wisdom, and even more importantly, from it we will develop a reverential fear of the Lord. We will understand what that looks like. We will learn that we are totally and utterly depraved, wicked in all our ways, and that, and that this is the only place where our sins will be revealed to us. Yet also, this is the only place where grace is made known to us. And so... Um, if you will, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pose a question. Like, if if Scripture is not where you turn to in your time of need, where do you go? Like, First Corinthians says that that wisdom, that the world's wisdom, is foolishness in God's sight. And have we not yet learned from our previous attempts that that all of our actions, if not inspired by the Holy Spirit and confirmed in Scripture, only lead us further into our own discontentment. And so think about this, like when anxiety strikes, how many of us have, have tried to make things better in a situation only to actually make it worse? You know, or, or how many of us have reacted in our overthinking and actually lashed out on our friends or, or who in our own self-condemnation find ourselves jealous or ridiculing of others as an intent to make ourselves feel better, you know? Um, or or uh, thirdly, like, how many of us have attempted to make ourselves feel as if we are enough to others only to compromise our own values and belittle the one whose name we bear as Christians? Like, like our anxiety and, and our thoughtless reactions can be, like, really, like, really, uh, it, it can just affect us in a lot of ways, but like, this can also like, cripple our spiritual life. Uh, and, and so like, with this being said, <clears throat> I'm just going to like, take a moment to kind of touch on um, a subject that, that just like, honestly breaks my heart. And um, like, like, guys, it is, it is not lost on me 
that there is an unspoken pressure uh, here at this church to, to maintain or, or the, a pressure to like, achieve a, a standard of, pure, uh, of spiritual perfection. And, and it, it is really a problem that some of you don't feel welcome here because you feel as if you might not be able to meet this perceived standard. Um, and, and I know that this is the thing because even like I myself fall victim to this sometimes, right? Like, like there are some, some like holy men and women like up in this building. And I'm like, how do you do that? Right? So like, um, so like, and, and this is, this is hard. Like it, it hurts. Um, and, and so I want to be clear in, in saying this, that, that Al Jackson or Kevin Webb or Brooks Work or Sophie Brent or, or myself, like we are not the standard of holiness, and nor is Lakeview Baptist Church, all right? Like, though we may, though we may like, make every attempt to model holiness, we ourselves are not the standard, like Christ is, all right? And, and so, like, there are, there are numerous people here that, that walk in holiness, who honor Christ well, and, 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 but, like, they are not without fault. Uh, and, like, just the other day, I, um, I did something where I was, like, I had to go back to a couple of people and apologize and be like, man, that was stupid. I, I'm so sorry. Like, will you, will you forgive me? Like, I, I was wrong. And, and um, I don't know if any of you have ever heard the saying before, but like a, a common thing that you might hear is like the only difference between a, a new Christian and an old Christian is that the older Christian is a little bit better at hiding, um, hiding their sins than we are. So like, this is kind of true, right? But like, even if it is, like, please do not look at someone who, who appears to have it all together on the outside and think that they are holier than you or better at this Christian thing than you are, okay? Because, like, they've got their things to wrestle with. Like, I, I, I promise you that. Um, and, and to this point, to this point, I hope that none of you ever look at me either from this pulpit or, or from the church pews and think that I am perfect or that I have it all together or like, or think like, wow, that guy, like he's got, like he never messes up because like, guys, I do so often and I have to daily cry out to the Lord and, and, and confess that I do not, like I cannot do this by myself and that I am in desperate need of my heavenly father. And sometimes I, I just confess and say like, Lord, I don't, I don't even know what to pray right now. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like all I know is that I'm, I'm not okay. Will you please help me? Like, I, I trust you. I, I trust you. Um, and, and so what I want you to hear from me right now is, is grace and truth, not condemnation and correction. And like, in addition to this, like, hear me say this also, like, it is okay to struggle with anxiety, right? Like when, when I was going through this period of my life, I didn't want to talk to anyone about it. I, I felt like I was being dramatic or that my mind was just broken, you know? Um, and, and that like, I felt Anyone I, I would approach about would just kind of laugh it off or tell me to, like, stop worrying. You know, like, it'll be all right. Just stop worrying. Um, and, and, like, so, like, all I want to say is, like, your trials are significant. No matter how insignificant you, you perceive them to be, your trials are significant. And that you are not alone in this. Um, so, so anyway, Christ is our standard, but there is grace abounding when we fail and when we fall short. And this really is like the beautiful thing here. Like, as I strive to be like Christ, knowing that while on this earth, this is a standard that I will never meet, I can appreciate all the more that, that Christ was tempted just as you and I are every single day in every single way. And yet he remained perfectly without sin. 
And even more beautifully is that, that, that Christ is now sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, having been resurrected from the grave, no longer in, no longer in suffering. And, and for, for those of us who are in Christ, those of us who are Christians, this should bring us all the more joy because we, knew, uh, because we know that soon this will be our destiny too. No longer in sin, no longer in suffering. But for now, we are to pursue Christ, knowing that when we fall short, we have a mighty helper who knows our every need and is, and is glorified by our dependence upon him. But like, guys, like handling things on our own will, will not get us anywhere. And, and I, I trust that some of you know that from experience. Um, so, so our lives without Christ are grim and futile. Um, so, so turn to him. So, so turn to the Lord and know that before he is creator, he is first father. And he cares for you. And, and when you get to this, that, that place of like, why am I not enough? Remember that Christ actually is enough. And that he will satisfy your every need. William, William Law uh, writes this. He says, precious indeed will, this, uh, will be this psalm if it thus leads to a wrestling hold of Christ, who is all strength and redemption to us. And as true as this is, like, what a shame it would be if all that we had to know about our Lord is, is a pretty sunrise, you know, or a sunny day to declare that there was a God who created the world around us, but nothing else to deepen our knowledge of him, nothing else to, to like, find our purpose in light of knowing him, or, or how to even live in, in, such a time, in such a time as these, right? So, like, so like see what David is doing in, in these in, uh, verses 7 through 11. Like, he's saying, like, the law of the Lord is perfect, and it is right, and it is pure, and it revives the soul, and it leads the heart to rejoice, and it is enlightening to our eyes. And in our suffering, we must turn to his holy word and rejoice. We must cherish this living and breathing word of God. Um, and, by, and by reading this, by reading this and abiding in it, you will know how deeply our Father cares for you in the midst of your own suffering, even if it is anxiety or something else. Like, he cares for you. He cares for you. And, and, and by going to the Word, you will know that for your anxiety, Scripture says this. If you have your pens ready, I'm going to give you some, some verses. Isaiah 40, 31. He will renew your strength. Joshua 1, 8. He commands us to be strong and courageous because, like, he gives us the ability to do this because he is with us. Romans 8, 38 through 39. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Hebrews 3, 1. That with all things we have a word from God and a way to God. Hebrews 13, 6. The reminder that if the Lord is my helper, whom then shall I fear? Psalm 34, 17, that the Lord will deliver us if we seek him. Philippians 4, 7, that we are to approach our worries with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. And lastly, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, a beautiful passage where, where we see that the Lord actually desires us to draw near to him when we are burdened and heavy laden. All right, so like, these are good verses like, like this, like this is this. These are exactly where I went when when I was um, 
Well, not even, like, even when I currently do struggle with anxiety. And so, like, like, please do not be passive in the attention that you assign to these verses because in every single one there is a reason or a discipline or a plea that will comfort your aching soul. So the secret in overcoming our anxieties is here. And we, and we know that we can trust in this law to be our source of peace because as Kevin says so wisely, every Sunday morning, that scripture is the inspired, inerrant, sufficient, clear, authoritative, and necessary word of God. But the simple fact of the matter is that, that we will never be profoundly influenced by that which we do not know. So read, like please read this book and see that the law of the Lord is in fact perfect. This thus leads to our third and final point. Seek first the Lord's heavenly kingdom. We'll look at uh, verses 12 through 14. Um, and so, so like the verse that has, has been most influential in, in my battle with, with worrying and overthinking is, is Matthew 6, that we read earlier. It reads, Therefore, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided unto you. Um, and and we, we, we see this applied in, in David's plea in the final verses uh, where, where it, uh, he says, like, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. But also, like, we get to see this in, in Isaiah 55, um, if you'd like to flip there. It's a beautiful passage. Isaiah 55, uh, verses 10 through 13, and it reads, <clears throat> I'll give you a sec to get there. Um, it reads, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be there that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I, pur that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall, bring for shall break forth into singing, and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn uh, shall come up the cypress, Instead, the briar shall come up the myrtle, and, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that it shall not be cut off. Everything that we need, or everything that, that, like, that we desire, everything that we should desire, is, is in this book. It is in the Holy Word of God, and it is through this Word that we realize that peace is ours, if only we read it. Um, so guys, like we, we were made for praise. And, and as the son's joy is described as, as the bridegroom leaving his chamber for the first time, or the strong man running his race, like it, it is it's described this way because it is fulfilling, like the sun is fulfilling its purpose in warming everything in its orbit. And so the same death of emotion will, will occur within us when we realize that our purpose is, is to actually sing praises unto the Lord. And likewise will our anxieties soon fade. 
The Lord has blessed us with abundantly more than we will ever deserve. So give thanks. Take every thought captive. Focus on the Lord. Meditate on what is true and praise him for all that he has done. Um, and and I'll, I will close uh, by just saying this one last thing, that, that suffering is an unfortunate reality of this life, but not the next one. And yet, even as we endure that which plagues our souls, there is an ability to obtain joy because we know that soon death and division and doubt and anxiety and every fear that we have will be wiped away. So college ministry, like, take heart and know that though the nations may rage against us, the heavens and all creation give us a hope that assures the sun is to rise in the morning, to set in the evening, even more so is the assurance of our hope that Christ will return and take us home to a redeemed and renewed and restored glory. This world is old and dying, but it is for the hope set before us that we endure and may we all join in with the, the praises of creation and declare that if the heavens proclaim the goodness of God, then so too will I. Um, so, with all that being said, um, I would just really love for um, all of us to kind of break up and into um, groups for, for prayer. Um, a few things that you can pray about is, is like your own present anxieties that um, like ask the Lord to, to teach you um, how, how you may overcome this battle. Uh, ask him um, for, for help and just cry out and say like, God, like I need you. You are my rock and my redeemer. Father, I need you. Pray for dependence. Like, like we, are, we are totally dependent upon him and he's glorified by it. Um, and, and then lastly, like just, just give him thanks. Um, so that was, that was the tip that was um, given to me. Like, like when you are focusing on, on all that the Lord has given you, everything else will just kind of fade away because like, we are not focusing on what we don't have. We are focusing on everything that we do have and, and everything that we don't deserve, but the Lord is gracious um, and kind. So um, that being said, y'all can start praying.